All right, welcome back to the Sports East Los Los Angeles Chargers podcast. Uh, as I go close my door because I forgot to do that, uh, please welcome in Shane and Brandon. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are Pretty you? Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I think we're doing all right, boys. No, he didn't answer. That's sad. Glad to hear you guys yeah. are doing good. That was a terrible start <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> Uh, I closed my damn door. Like, come on, guys. I had to close my That's door. That's fine. Um, you know, you know who else got the door closed on? On the, the Green Bay Packers today. Guys, yeah, I turn off that good game segue. after I, I uh, turn off that game after the first quarter. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah. That's fair. That's that's. Well, I was watching it. I was watching it at work. I turned it off after the first quarter. I mean, it got a little more interesting in the second half, but you know, keyword a little. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, overall though, it never felt like Green Bay was ever in the driver's seat. Um, if at all. <laughs> so, yeah, they weren't driving the getaway car. Yeah, no. Oh, I, I just I just saw it. <laughs> ah, thank you, Brandon. I, you know, I just saw it as um you know, payback for the three decades of torture Green Bay has put uh, Detroit through and you know started with spoiling their playoff hopes last year and now this it's just gonna keep going you know it's, it's like yeah but anyways um yeah it, I mean it kind of went as I expected uh, you know finally saw Jordan Love against a somewhat half decent defense. And it meant nothing because they got blown out. Yep. Right. And, you know, he was, I think, exposed in many ways. Um, you know, I think he's fine, but he's not. I mean, I think he's a low end starter, but not like a good starter, you know. Um, and meanwhile, Detroit is just continuing to show why we all. Not all, but why a lot of us, you know, were so hyped about them and believed in them going into this season. Um, you know, they're really playing with a lot of passion, a lot of fire. And you can see it on the field, you know. And it's going to be exciting to see what they can do going forward. Brandon, we talked about Detroit's offense in week one. Uh, none of that changed tonight, how much we enjoy watching them play football right now. Yeah, none of none of it changed. I mean, they didn't they didn't have to do a whole. What well, the I mean, run game was was pretty damn good tonight. Um, I mean, but Goff didn't have to do a whole lot. He basically just game managed. David Montgomery did the rest. Um, yeah. So I mean, he didn't really have to do a whole lot. He only threw the ball. You know, he had completed eighteen twenty seven passes, two hundred five touchdown pick. You know, a game game manager style game for him. Uh, it's funny because after that, you know. Really, after that pick, I, I was like, if Green Bay, I literally, I was literally thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, if Green Bay doesn't score a touchdown off this pick to start this game, they're not going to win. And they didn't score, so they they kicked a field goal. They kicked a so, worthless field goal. Yep. And I was like, all right, yeah, Green Bay's in for a rough night because golf's not going to make that mistake again. So I was like, yep, they had to score there, and they didn't do it. So that hurt early, but I, once once I saw that, I'm like, yeah. Here comes Detroit. They're going to start taking advantage. They put up 14 points in the first. They put up another 13 in the second. At that point, at halftime, it was over. I mean, I don't care. Like, 
uh, you know, I was saying when I got home, you know, Green Bay was making it a game, but I mean, come on, the Lions are too damn good. They're they're they're, you know, they're gonna play with their food a little bit before they finally, you know, put them put out of the, put them out of their misery. So, I mean, that's what happened tonight. I mean, they literally nothing about the Lions changed from what we've been saying all season. They're just a really good, you know, sound football team. They do they do so many things right on the field. They have great coaching, and that you know was on display tonight. I mean, they still. You know, they still have a a couple of things. Like, I, you know, Goff is still one of those guys I still like. I mean, he didn't put up an MVP performance. I called him an MVP, what, last week? But, you know, it's just one game. They, they, they basically just took care of what they had to take care of. That was simple. And now there's a new face running the NFC North, and it's not the Bears. Like, people thought it would be with Justin Fields taking the next step with DJ Moore, and it's not, it's not Minnesota who's falling apart right now. It's the Lions, and we said for a while now, don't be surprised the Lions end up winning this division, and they, they're they well on their way to doing that. So, uh, yeah, tonight they took care of business against a division opponent, and uh, I don't think that's going to change the rest of the season. Yeah, me neither. I think you guys said it best. There's, there's not much else I can say more. I, I love what Detroit's doing. I, I love what Jay Montgomery did tonight. I think him and, Jim, and Gibbs are going to be great. Um, This offense is going to do well. This defense is going to do well. The Packers, just a night to forget, basically. Um, yeah, but I think Shane's right. Them playing a really good defense. You saw Jordan Love's flaws. We'll see how that changes over the course of the year. Hit a good first month overall. Um, but we will see how that changes. Uh, anything over the past week, guys, from the games on Sunday, from the games on Monday, uh, that we didn't get a chance to talk about over the weekend that you wanted to highlight, uh, before we get to our games of the week? My Um, Eagles defense is for real. (laughs) (laughs) No, go ahead, Shane. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, they they looked good. I you know, I'm it you know, it was against Tampa who offensively I'm not that impressed by. Uh so we'll you know. I want I wanna see them do that against a better offense, but um but yeah, they're definitely a top tier defense, without a doubt. Um yeah, they were last year. They, and like I said, I at the before the season started, I said I expect them to carry that on. Um, you know, it's pretty hard to fall too much when you got guys like Hassan Reddick and um, dynamic corner duo, um, and then that defensive line is. In my opinion, the best in the NFL. Um, I would agree with that I statement. Know, I know that the Niners, people like to say, oh, the Niners had the best defensive line. And yeah, they're really good. But I think because, you know, they've got Bosa. They got the names, you know. But just as a unit, I think um, I think Philly has a better pass rush, you know. So. Yeah. It's uh, funny because Hassan Reddick hasn't even done anything this season because he's been nursing an injured finger. True. So yeah, so you, you take him out of the equation and they're still dominating. And it's funny, Jalen Carter is the best damn defensive lineman on that line. Jalen Carter's yep. a game record every single game he does something. And so, he fell tonight. <laughs> God bless. And then so many teams, you see, I'll say this about some, you know, so many GMs are pissed off that the Eagles took him and took Nolan Smith. Then guess what? Pick better. That's not our problem. 
That's yeah. Yeah. Pick better. Yeah. Okay. Pick sorry. Like, what are you complaining? Yeah. Sorry that we're good at what we do. Sorry. Not our problem. Get get good. Get good, scrub. I have I have three things from Sunday um, that kind of stood out to me. Uh, first, let's hear them. A team that I that we haven't talked about because I haven't found a good way to bring them up until Sunday. Baltimore Ravens, what are you doing on offense? What is this? Like, what is this? What was that? Why is Lamar Jackson, uh, like my dad says, running like a headless chicken? You have you have Zay Flowers, who you brought in, who's really really good. You have Odell, who's nursing an injury week to week. That's fine. Uh, Throw the ball, guys. Come on. You shouldn't you shouldn't struggle this much offensively against a Colts defense and lose in overtime and almost flipping tie to them. You shouldn't have to do that. Brandon, your thoughts on that game? I mean, like, you know, we give we give credit. You know, it's funny how we usually give credit to Shane Steichen for, for the Colts this year. And, like, but it's like, that wasn't an offensive game. That wasn't an offensive master class. Like, it's crazy that, that Gardner Minshew actually looked better than Lamar Jackson. In what world is that possible? Yeah, but that, just, that was Sunday. That, like, at least pass, passing the ball. I mean, rushing the ball, you know, Lamar Jackson. When see, here's the problem with the Ravens, and they still haven't learned this. When your quarterback is both, you know, a passer, but also the leading rusher for your team, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like you, you cannot like, you know, everybody talks about you know Jalen Hurts using his legs, you know, QB sneak merging, but Jalen Hurts can throw the ball better than he can run. And it's like, I mean, watching, watching the Ravens, it's just like. They, I don't know about Lamar can. They, yeah, I don't even know if he can. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he. I don't think. I don't think he's scared to. I just don't know if he can. And I, I mean, uh, you know, granted, you know, the the Colts are not. You know, the Colts are are two and one for a reason. They're actually a decent team, but as, you know, we, with Anthony Richardson, they're only going to get better as he progresses too. I mean, when he comes back, I should say. But like. Still, you like for the Ravens, like I, I don't understand, you know, like I mean everything is just like the Colts ran more plays than you, total plays, Colts ran eighty four, you ran seventy two. Uh I mean they both punt like basically both teams looked very equal because I well, obviously it came down to overtime in which there was a game winning field goal, but both teams were but you should but as the Ravens, you should not be looking Especially with a with a team with a chance to, you know, kind of take control of a division with a weak Bengals team and a, a kind of a weaker Steelers team that only has a good defense and uh and a uh, an iffy you know Browns team that was once again only has a good defense but can't figure out the offensive side of the thing like side of the ball that whole division if you think about it every team has a good defense but no offense mm-hmm. and it's 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 actually weird. Yeah. To- to think of it that way, but they all do. Like none of those teams in the AFC North in general stand out as good teams. Bengals won, but they didn't look good at all against the Rams. Uh, Steelers. They look sloppy at best on Monday. The Bengals did. Yeah, yeah. Steelers. Steelers were sloppy. I mean, they won the game. I mean, well, the Steelers. Won, and then the Steelers playing the you know the Raiders. You know, yeah, they 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 won. It looked you know, but it wasn't impressive. Like it, it didn't show me anything. I didn't really already know about the Steelers defense because the offense didn't do a whole lot. Um. You know, Browns, it's like the Browns defense is literally carrying that team. And it's the same thing with the Ravens. The defense has to do a whole lot just because the offense is such a, just a slog. Like, I like the AFC North, 
is as unwatchable to me as the AFC South. Jesus. <laughs> and that and that's saying something. But it's like Jesus. Right now, yeah. But that but that's how I feel. I cannot watch an AFC North game. It bores the uh, it bores the hell out of me. The Bengals are not. I mean, Joe Burrow is playing through an injured leg. He's throwing off a one leg, and I don't know why the Bengals continue to push him out there unless he's unless he's just saying to him, "Hey, let me go." Um, which is but it's stupid anyway because he's your franchise quarterback. Um, you know the Steelers. Kenny Pickett can be good, but he's still way too inconsistent. Um, and Matt Canada doesn't help things either. Um, you know the 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 Browns. Deshaun Watson's not a good quarterback. Period. Um. And and the Ravens have it's funny. The Ravens you could argue have the most talented quarterback, but there's no offense there. There's, they don't have a run game. It's 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 all the Ravens offense is just go Lamar go. And it's like that doesn't work. That's not how you win games in the NFL. You need to have contributions from everybody. And when you're only when you're leading receiver, what things they flowers only had forty eight yards in that game against the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. Forty. Didn't he have fifty yards? He had eight catches for forty eight yards. That's bad. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to make with that team. With that, with, I mean, that whole division to me stinks. But that, but the Ravens in general, I mean, they're two and one, but they're they're in trouble because they they need to figure out what they're doing on offense, plain and simple. Yeah, Shane, you and I have talked about this ever since Lamar Jackson started for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you've been a huge proponent of his struggles on offense, throwing the football. They paid him this huge contract, and the issues still persist. And you could probably make an argument they're getting worse. Yeah, I mean, you know, who would have seen that coming? Um, but it's, I don't know. Ever since his MVP season, uh, which was, was that 19? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And, you know, ever since then, it feels like they... It feels like Baltimore offensively does not know what their identity is because it feels like they are trying to, they as in the coaching staff, is trying to, you know, mold him into like a Jalen Hurts type of quarterback where he's a thrower first and then a runner second. You know what I mean? And he can he can still turn on the Jets and run if he needs to, but that's not his objective. Whereas it feels like Lamar just wants to, you know, run or be flashy and make all these crazy plays when that's not how you that's not how you win consistently. Not gonna win you championships, you know what I mean? And and I could be totally wrong because I'm not in the building. I don't know what they're trying to do, but that's just to me. That's what it looks like, um, you know. And it's just like you said, it's almost gotten worse because as time goes on and the more you know conflicting ideas you have um you know the less that's gonna take place and progress so uh they yeah they, they've got a i feel like i mean this, this is might sound dramatic but i feel like in order for things to work in baltimore either 
Harbaugh's got to go or Lamar's got to go, and they've got to get a coach. No, I'm serious. They've got to get a coach or quarterback who matches the other. If you want to keep Lamar, that's fine, but get a coach that has, you know, a good pistol spread type of scheme or stay with Harbaugh, you know, and get somebody that would be better for him. Uh, because I just don't, especially with how competitive the AFC is when you got teams like the Chiefs, uh, I think you can throw the Dolphins in there now, the Bills. You know, I mean, just look at their own division. Uh, you know, the Bengals are not great right now, but they have been really good the last few seasons. And the Browns are not also not great, but they're competitive with them. Same with the Steelers, right? You got to, you can't just, oh, well, you know, let's see what happens with Lamar. You got to be aggressive if you want to do something. So, I don't know. You know, knowing them, they probably won't <laughs> because that's just how they roll. But we'll see. You know what's? You know I'm what's dropping my crazier? microphone, but continue, Brandon. Go ahead. You know what's? And, and, I mean, and, and we, I mean, not not to say Lamar's not a great quarterback, but we we've seen every single season. I mean, injuries aside, he's regressed too. Yep. So so I mean, you know, he talk, like we kept saying, you know, people kept saying, oh, you, you know, pay him his money, pay him his money, but the guy's regressed every single season since his MVP season. In one way or another, whether it's passing yards, whether it's uh, you know yards per attempt, you know yards per passing play, uh, whether it's passer rating or like it's 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 just not it hasn't been great. I mean, look at his MVP season: thirty six and six, right? Threw for over three thousand yards, sixty six percent completion percentage. Next season, uh, twenty twenty six and nine, sixty four percent completion percentage, twenty seven hundred yards. You know, 2021 is when he started really getting the real injuries, but then, you know, a little bit better, but, you know, but the same completion percentage, same, almost same amount of yards, but more interceptions, only 16 TDs, 13 picks. Uh, and then last season, I mean, he, once again, 12 games, we only threw, he only threw in those 12 games, he threw for way less yards, only 2,200, a, a lesser completion, completion percentage of 62.3, and he went 17 and 7. I mean, this year he's looked slightly better in terms of stats, but stats don't tell the whole story. And I mean, just his play right. has regressed. So, like, I mean, if he doesn't figure this out, I can I see where Shane's coming from. It's either Harbaugh or him. Because at, at this point, it's like, you know, this is what now his fourth. I mean, let's say let's say the season ends bad again. This is a fourth season of regression. So, you know, how much more can you take before you finally admit he's the problem, him or Harbaugh? So, it's it's bad right now. And I know people love Lamar because he is very talented. But this is why people were not putting Lamar. You know, I saw some people getting so offended saying, you know, people weren't putting Lamar in the top five. I don't know if I could put him in the top ten right now. Because he's just, he's not getting the job done. And his 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 stats and his play don't 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 revolve that MVP season. You know, they don't reflect that MVP season that he had, you know, almost what, four years ago now. Um, so I have a question. Right. Here's Here's a question. I'll give you two 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 young rookie quarterbacks uh, for the first three weeks of the season. Just the first three weeks, not career. Just the first three weeks. Would you put Would you put Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud over Lamar Jackson? Ooh, 
Mm. We'll see, but Richard, Richard Stanton still has to prove he can be consistent throwing the ball. We know what he is running. Right now, Anthony Richardson to me is a better runner than Mar- Lamar Jackson is. I think, Kurt, like, right now, right now, like this season, yeah, he's a better runner than Lamar Jackson is with the ball. I think. Just not a better passer right now. So, you know, he is a project. I don't think I'd put him ahead. C.J. Stroud, you can make a legit case. Because C.J. Stroud, absolutely, especially after the last game, he's he's starting to look the part now. I don't, But you can't put them ahead. It's only been three games. So I don't think you can put them ahead. You can make a case for Stroud or more, than, more so than Richardson. But I don't think three games is not enough when Lamar's had, what, five seasons? So, I mean, I'm not there yet. But, you know, if you ask me this question later on, like by the end of this season, and, and if this continues this way, I mean, Richardson, we still have to see because also he's, he's, you know, hasn't played in, what, a game and a half now. So we have to see yet. But with CJ Stroud, if he keeps getting better, I'll put him ahead of Lamar Jackson. I will. I'm not afraid to say that. Yeah, I would as well. I mean, I'm not there yet like you, but like you said, if things keep up the way they are, yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> Brandon, I'm doing something I thought I would never do after the first weeks of the season. Uh, at the beginning of the year, and we'll we'll explain it for for Shane later on when we get to the segment. Pocky's game of the week. We elim- on <clears throat> Thursdays we eliminated the Arizona Cardinals from contention for Pocky's game of the week. I'm putting them back into contention. They're not the worst team in football. Nice. They're not. Nice. The team, they're not the worst team in football. Their offense is actually pretty good with Josh Jobs, all things considered. I'm liking the Arizona Cardinals. I'm liking watching them play football. Brandon, your thoughts? It's funny. They, you know, coming into the season, we're like, oh, you know, no Kylie Murray. Like, and we knew Josh Jobs is like track record. And you know, this guy's just a uh, journey, like journeyman, pretty much. Uh, we were just like I'm surprised. I mean, listen, you take out you take out that Giants game and you give them a win there. You know, they're they're a, a decent football team. They're a two and one football team, and you know they're like the only problem is is just you know it, it's still kind of the inability to finish games, even though they just finished you know this one uh, this weekend. But I mean, you know, looking at it, I mean to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And to do it the way they did, they didn't just beat them; they whooped them. Like that—that was—that was a whooping. Um, I mean, you can say what you want about the Cowboys, but still, you know, regardless of injuries, which Dallas fans will make the excuse for, you know, because that's what they do. If they can't say this is our year, they'll just complain the whole season. Um, but it's—but at the same time, like the Cardinals, they—they they gave them a thorough whooping, and to me, like. I mean, Dobbs, he's doing it with his legs and his arm because we, we've seen him take off, and he's hes scoring touchdowns with his legs, too. Um, he's tough. I, I didn't think he was as tough as he is. Uh, I mean, James Conner is, is uh, doing pretty well from, from what I've seen. I don't know what the stat line is, but I know from what I've seen, he's done pretty well. He's been a um, running back this year. He's been, um, he's, been their, he's been their flow, James Conner, yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, they're, they're getting Zach Ertz involved. And Zach Ertz, so far from what I've seen, still has some juice in his legs. Um, you know, they, 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 they're they getting – it feels like they're finally like – they're kind of rounding into form. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm crazy for saying that. Maybe I am. But 
let's say that that Dobbs keeps them in contention until Kyler comes back. What do you do at quarterback? I don't actually giving Kyler the boot. Shane, you're giving Kyler the boot immediately. You're done. I I just I can't stand Kyler. He drives me up the wall. I I know he's a talented player, but he bitches and complains about everything. And he's and he's hurt all the time. I just I'm done. It's like no, sorry, you you're done. Um, yeah. I mean, not that Josh Jobs is the answer, but um, but yeah, no, I'm yeah. I've seen enough of Kyler. Um, you know, to me, he's like he's another Lamar Jackson. It's like he peaked that one year, and then ever since then, it's just yeah, it's a fair comparison. It's just gone down, and there's no sign of things going back up. Uh, granted, I think Kyler is a little bit worse than Lamar, just a little bit, um, simply because of his attitude. Um, I feel like Lamar is much more of a team player, but, uh, yeah, no, you know, I I would be, I would consider moving off from him. Definitely. Yeah. I will start to get there if, uh, Josh Jobs continues performing and again, we'll kind of see what the quarterback class looks like throughout the year, but it's definitely something that I think quietly the Arizona Cardinals, uh, front office is considering, uh, Shane, before we get to my last thought of the week, what's kind of your main takeaway from Sunday? Well, you know, um, I think my main takeaway is that we are going to have a battle of the two worst teams in the league this Sunday. Getting there. We're going to talk about that game. We're going to deep dive that game. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, you know, um, I'm just, I don't want to go too much into this, but I'm getting ready for the, um, for the Travis Kelsey breakup songs. I'm, I'm ready for them. Uh, G- give them to me. Give them to me. I'm ready. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's that. Um, you know, the Chargers have possibly the worst defense in the NFL, despite having a defensive <laughs> head coach. Hashtag fire Brandon Staley. Um, that's gonna be our hat. That's what our show's gonna be known for. Oh just... Lord. Yeah, yeah, you oh, boy. Um, yeah, uh, Bengals. How'd you beat the Rams? Uh, you know, I thought the Rams looked pretty good up until that game, and I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, not a lot to note yet because it's still early. There's, you know, it's still very topsy-turvy <laughs> at this point. Uh, so I'm not, like, putting too much stake into anything yet. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's been a very strange September for the NFL, that is for sure. Yeah, I think the most compelling thing on Sunday was Taylor Swift. <laughs> as amazing as that was. Um, <laughs> That's also, fair. Also, um, a couple Jets. Certainly things. the biggest story. Oh, for sure. A couple Jets oh, yeah. things uh, before we get into kind of my last point. A um, couple Jets things. Uh, guys, are you okay with Robert Sala after every press conference saying that he's sticking with Zach Wilson? Are you guys okay with this at this time? 
I mean, the fact that he keeps having to say it tells me he doesn't really believe it. Yeah. You know? He's like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's um, good. And then under his breath, he's like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> you know, which... I mean, I could be wrong. You know, I could just be looking into it too much, but... Um, but, I mean, at this point, you know, what reason does he have to logically believe in him? The defense freaking hates you him, have... by the way. That just came out yesterday. The defense is really mad at him for just being like, oh, yeah. I mean, they should. They should. Um, you know, and I don't know if Robert Saul is thinking about this, but if the season keeps going the way it is with this quarterback performance, um, he's not going to have a job next year. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he will somewhere, but not with the Jets. <laughs> so, you know, I think regardless of what happens, he'll always at least be a defensive coordinator somewhere. Um, but, but yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, I feel like he's on the hot seat. It's just getting hotter. <laughs> um. I kind of think somewhat the opposite way, Brandon, where I feel like, so there, there's something to be said, right? Where you have, let's say it's a rookie quarterback, right? And and you see them play through like eight weeks or whatever. And you're like, oh yeah, this is clearly like our future franchise quarterback. Or you think about when Justin Herbert played the first eight weeks of the season. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah he's, he's their guy. Like we're, we're good. We're good here. Uh, when you're going into year four of a quarterback and every week you have to get questions <laughs> about, if this guy's worth starting uh, from a, from the media, not from your your freaking in tied clubhouse, which is still bad, uh, that says a lot about where your team is at. <laughs> I, I so that's kind of my feeling on it, Brandon. How do you feel on it? See, see, I I I kind of feel for Robert Sala just because what else do you want him to say? Because they only had two quarterbacks on this yeah. roster coming into the season. They have Trevor, they brought in Trevor so, Simeon like that's going to do anything, yeah. but okay. Like like you know like like they 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 brought him in like like that's the problem is like, I mean he kind of has to back him regardless of if he believes it. I mean listen I know he doesn't believe it, but because I mean remember when Rogers went down hit the look on his face. He's like oh shit. Yeah. Was, was like oh here we go again like here we go. Come on Zach. I'm dead. Off, off the bench. Like I know he doesn't he doesn't believe in him. But what else can you? What else do you want him to say? There's no other quarterback on the roster, and what are you going to put Trevor Simeon out there? Who's somehow even more of a bum? Like, like, like what? Like I get, I I feel for him because I'm like, what do you want him to say? Oh, we don't believe in Zach when the season you know is only three three weeks old. Like, that's why I'm like, listen, we all know he's not it. He knows he's not it. The team knows he's not it. But if you're going to blame anybody, blame the damn GM, blame the front office, like. For, for having kind of no for having no contingency plan once Rod, if Rodgers went down, a forty year old quarterback. Their contingency plan was Zach Wilson in week six yeah. if they needed it, not week one. Yeah, like you know, I, I would get mad. Week one, <laughs> like yeah. that, that's the that's the problem is so many people are so quick to blame head coaches when things go wrong. Like, what else would you like him to do? He's not the GM of the team. Yeah, is like, like that's why I'm like. You know, it's easy for for Salah to get to be put on the hot seat. I mean, rightfully so. The team, the, the team, the team is garbage anyway. Uh, we said they even if Rodgers played, they weren't going to be any good. Um, but 
I mean, there's nothing more he can really say. Like, you know, and if, and if he says, oh, we don't believe in Zach, okay, so who's going to start? Are you going to put a broomstick back there at quarterback? So, you know, like, what's the alternative? He has no alternative. So, Your you know, he can't say anything Wentz else. Matt Ryan. Well, actually, it's more Carson yeah. Wentz. And I don't even think Carson Wentz is a great locker room alternative, to be fair. Yeah. I don't so, like that. So, no, so no matter what, no matter what he says, he has to back him just to save any kind of face. So, I mean, I like, you know, like I keep saying, you know, like we all know, everybody knows that Zach Wilson's not it. He probably won't have a job after this season if this keeps going this way. And but like you know, you can't really blame Solid for saying we believe in him because what else would you like him to say? So yeah, you know that's that's where I'm at with it. I I don't think it's. Like he didn't he didn't expect this. He didn't expect Rodgers to go down after four plays. He didn't ex- and then especially after winning that game with Zach Wilson. I thought, you know, I think he that he thought after that, oh, maybe we could get somewhere with him, at least win, at least be competitive. But they haven't been these past two weeks. Um uh but you know, the, the, he's kind of just at this point it seems like he's going into autopilot mode where it's just like just he has to just phone in the responses. Yeah, we believe in him. Yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, take care, guys. Stop asking me questions about Zach. Like, it's, it's like, I feel bad. That's also the, what the nature of the New York, you know, the New Jersey, New York area media. The, the, you know, them and Philly. And living in Jersey, I hear that all the time. I hear both media and how bad they are. So, and how much they'll just keep badgering and badgering. And so, he's worn down, too. So I feel for him from so many aspects, but you know, more bottom line is what do you want him to say? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I see your point there. And to be fair, I I should clarify, I don't uh, I don't pit this on or pin this on Sala. I don't feel like this is his fault. Like you said, this is definitely you know if, if you're gonna blame anyone, blame the front office for. You know, not having an actual backup plan. Because, you know, I mean, I didn't think it would happen like this, but I thought, you know, Rodgers has had some injuries in the past. Now he's older. You know, it's just something to think about. (laughs) But, and especially with how bad that offensive line is, you know, that doesn't help either, but... You know, moral, the moral of the story for the Jets is don't put all your eggs in one basket like you did this offseason. Right. Yeah, Plain and back, simple. It backfired on them heavy. Um, yeah, how's that worked out for, you know, Tampa and uh, L.A. and Denver? Uh, that reminds me, I'm just about to get to Denver. Um, I... I, I <sighs> What's there to say, guys? Do I do we have the? Do you have anything for the worst loss in NFL history? Nope, that's just the Denver Broncos. Worse. There was last time somebody scored seventy. I'm pretty sure it was like seventy to zero. So that was probably the worst loss. I'm gonna look uh, it up. Okay, wait, but I'm talking about in the that was in 1966. Right, twenty twenty three, in in the era of of uh, color TV, um, <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, no, it was um, not good. And I'm, man, honestly, I'm I'm surprised that um, the season has gone so poorly for them so far because, I mean, I talked about this as like Sean Payton, in my opinion, was a top five NFL coach. Um, and he still might be. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on in Denver, what the issue is. Um, that being said, you know, we talked about this before the season started. I didn't think they would be great. I just thought they would be, you know, like a game or two better, like, or not a game, yeah, like instead of five and 12, I figured they'd be like eight and nine or something. You know what I mean? Just around 500. Um, and they still could. I mean, it's early in the season, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't look great right now. Let's just say. So I'm sure if you're listening to this, you saw Garrett Bowles' presser after the game. Uh, Brandon, that locker room is dead. It doesn't exist. Yeah. That locker room is dead. Did you did you happen did you happen to see after that game? Uh, what was it? Tua and Tyreek took a picture with I think like Pat Sertain and uh, I forget who else, and it was like the, the four of them in one picture. And you got, you know, Tyreek into a smiling, so freaking happy. And you look at the two Broncos players, and they're just dead. Their face is emotionless, and behind <laughs> the eyes are just dead in that picture. And I'm like, yeah, that's the Broncos for you. Like, Hello, darkness, my oh, friend. That, that's exactly what I heard in my head when seeing that picture. I got to find it because you guys are going to love it. Um, um, if, but, if you haven't watched, uh, go watch that. That's good sports. He's a diehard Broncos fan on YouTube. That he did a video on the game. <laughs> uh, that video was brutal. Continue your thoughts, Brandon. Like, uh, you know, we we said, oh, maybe Sean Payton can fix the situation, and no, he can't. Um, you know, it's it's just like it, it's it's one thing to get beat by the starters, right? But then to have the backups come in and still kick the living crap out of you, yeah. to have to have like Mike that White is just two that, wide open touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, like my like you can see like I mean the the Broncos are finished. Like it's it's like my God, there's no there's no dignity and pride, any any dignity, pride, hope, any positive vibe left of that team. Miami's backups took it out of them. So, I mean, like, uh, it's just the Broncos. Like, I, I don't even have a coherent sentence to describe them. They, they are literally, my God. Like, it's, it's one thing, like, the, you know, it's, it's one thing to, because remember, they do have a win this season, as crazy as that is to believe. Um, the Broncos? But at, Oh, never mind. I thought they did. No, I'm looking at the wrong game. Never mind. Um, no. Wait, did they have a win this year? No, yeah, they're 0-3. Oh, yeah. God, um, it makes it worse. Yeah, I, I saw the preseason for a second. The last game of the preseason against the Rams. That's why I was looking at it. My bad. Um, but, well, yeah, because it was 41-0 it was. in their final preseason game. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, the offense still can't score points. The defense, I mean... You know, in week one, they didn't look bad. But, you know, you gave up 35 points to, to the commanders and Sam Howell. 
and you got absolutely shredded by Tua and his and his entire and literally, literally not even just Tua, the entire Miami Dolphins spanked you. <laughs> the the third stringers that have, that have probably spending spending the off season working at a grocery store spanked you. <laughs> so so, so, so <laughs> like like you know I don't mean to offend them because listen they're more athletic than I am but but that's the truth of it. Like my God, when the second the basically third string guys are coming in there and still kicking the crap out of you, that's a that's not just a problem. That's a that's a call for help. Like that's a call to just relocate the franchise. That's that because that shit doesn't happen. Like even with the other biggest blowouts in NFL history, the starters were kept in for pretty much the entire game, and then the backups would come in just to you know run a couple nail downs, a couple run plays, and that was it. No, like Mike went through two TDs on your head. That's that's just gross, in more ways than one. And I feel bad for guys like like Pat Sutan, like like Jerry Judy, because they don't deserve this. They're better players. Like they, 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 like they just they need help. Like my God, get them off that team and just, and just completely relocate. Listen, I'd be fine. If the Denver Broncos got wiped off the face of the earth. Just relocate <laughs> them because they've been put, a bad put football them to team. St. Louis, get them to St. Louis. They, they've been a bad football team since Peyton Manning left, and even at the end of Peyton's run. I mean, listen, Peyton was bad that year, but the defense carried and won them a Super Bowl. But even at that point, like you can see after that season, you knew the Broncos were not going to go anywhere. After that, I mean, like, it's Broncos football. I feel bad because Broncos fans are allowed to have a history of success. You know, you got Peyton Manning. You know, you had the, you know, rest in peace. We had Demarius Thomas, who was great for so many years there. You know, you had the great John Elway. You had, you know, uh, Shannon Sharp. You had so many great – Rod Smith. You know, you've had so many great players and Super Bowl wins and all this stuff. But for the past – what is it? The past seven years, this team has been a mess. Yeah. So, the team, I mean, I it, the team is literally dead. Like, I think yeah. the locker room is just dead. It's it's just bad. They're they're bad all the way around, and it's not going to get better. Like this this team is going to be a, a real dumpster fire. You know something funny about the Broncos? Yep. So, <laughs> the other day, we were cleaning out our closets and whatnot because you know how you do that every few years, like just. Go through, get rid of old crap you don't use anymore. Spring cleaning. So, <laughs> or winter cleaning for us. Um, fall cleaning. Anyway, so we're going through this bookshelf, and there was a book in there called "Get Coached" by Sean Payton, and it was <laughs> it was this whole book <laughs> written by him about you know how he coaches a football team and all the different schemes and philosophies that go into it yada 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 so my my dad picks that book up he goes he says get coached my ass 17 to 20 and he throws it in the trash <laughs> I oh love it God, love it love it love it that's great good it lord really, I was like well it's true um Anyways, that that sums up the Broncos right now. <laughs> All right, let's do our games of the week. Here are the games we can't pick. You cannot pick these games for games of the week. I think let's do two or three, depending on how many you want to do. We cannot 
pick Falcons Jaguars. Have fun watching the Toy Story broadcast of that game uh, in London. I won't. Thank you. I will. I'm excited for that. Brandon, I, I, Brandon, you're you're you're. It's at nine thirty your time though. Like it's early, but not as early as here on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. You guys gonna wake up when the when the freaking rooster is is going off. Yeah. Birds are chirping. Um. Let's see. We cannot pick Dolphins Bills, which is very clearly the best game of the weekend. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that. And uh, we cannot pick Patriots Cowboys. I wasn't going to. Uh, wasn't going to. We. No. we cannot pick the Taylor Swift Bowl in Chiefs versus Jets, nor are we going to. No! Oh my god, we can't pick like almost any of the half these games we can't pick, I think. And we can't pick Seahawks Giants. Good lord. Well, also since, wasn't planning to. Since, since we have a London game, we should probably pick two this week. Yeah, I'm just saying two or three, depending on how many you want to pick. Um, but yeah, uh, who, uh, Shane, you want to go first? What are the two most important non-national TV games of the week? Yeah, I'm going to say... Uh, okay, I'm going to go Tampa, New Orleans. Um, yeah, they're both 2-1. and one. And They've both... Um... Yeah, I feel like they've both exceeded expectations so far. While also not playing that great yet, <laughs> um, and you know it feels like they're definitely the ones that are in charge in the NFC South at the moment. No Derek um, Carr on Sunday though. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's well. That's that's another thing is uh, Jameis going against his former team. That's always fun. Um, Have fun with thirty picks. And then. <laughs> And then, uh, other game of the ones we can choose from that I'm really looking forward to is uh, actually Washington at Philly. Oh. Um, because, you know, while Philly is definitely the better team, uh, you know, these two usually play pretty close games, and um, which, you know, they're division rivals, so that's perfectly natural. And uh, they and Washington has been off to a better start than I think most of us were expecting. Certainly, than more than I was. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so that that should be that should be a, a good one, I think. Um, and I guess San Francisco, Arizona could be good. I mean. They've Arizona's they're pretty hot right now after last week and I mean San Francisco's been pretty dominant obviously all season, so uh, um, all right, do do me a yeah. favor guys. Guess Arizona, San Francisco, guess the line. What's the line? Oh, like probably minus eleven or something. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say San Fran minus ten. San Fran minus fourteen. Oh, oh. my god. That's way too high. Oh, you know why? Actually, you know what? You're right. Actually, it was a minus 10. I was going to say minus 12 and a half. I remember early on in the, like on Monday, it was minus 12. Or Monday or Tuesday, it was minus 12 and a half. Damn it. So it went up. Rams and Colts are pick em odds. Uh, Brandon, you want to guess your, your uh, Eagles Commanders game? Uh, 
knowing how knowing how close those games always are, but I know how people also want to want to bet Philly a lot. I'll say Philly minus six. Minus nine. Oh my god! Wow. So people people really don't think it's gonna be close because I do. And, and <laughs> so I know. No, continue, Brandon. Well, sorry. Okay, I know I like the back of my hand. So yeah, you know, keep saying what you're saying. Uh, Shane, I want you to guess Seahawks Giants. Uh, oh. I'd say like minus three. Seattle minus one. Oh, that's a pick em. And I think Ooh. that's stupid. I think it should be Seattle minus ten. I don't, I don't, I don't get how. I don't know why don't they're picking. The, they have trouble with the Giants the last few years. Maybe that's <laughs> what it is. Do. Last couple of years, they've either lost to the Giants or almost lost, even when they were the far better team. I'm really trying to figure out how Philly's minus nine. That blows my mind. Yeah, that seems high. Like, there's no way. Like, minus six to me is being generous. I know, like, realistically in my head, I was going to be like, oh, yeah, Eagles minus three or four. Like, minus nine? Are you serious? You, like those? Games... If Yeah, it feels like Philly and Washington always finish within, like, a touchdown of each other. Yeah, it's always like a yeah, it's always a seven eight point game or or it's, I mean the past couple of years I've seen I've seen three score you know three points four points like no it's always close I don't yeah. know where the hell they're getting minus nine from so so I was, so on the last one I'll have you guys guess Chiefs Jets the Taylor Swift Bowl oh, minus twenty eight <laughs> I was gonna say uh, I'll say Chiefs minus twenty. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Is really? <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Now, now, where, where, where do you get minus eight? They're this playing the Jets, bro. They're playing the. Okay, they got you. Rob, look somewhere else because that's on you crack. Did. There's no way that it's anything less than minus. How the hell? Okay, how is Niners Cardinals minus? What you say, fourteen? Yes. So in what war in in what world is is the is that game minus eight and a half? What crack are people smoking? Um. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's uh. That's yeah. I'm getting minus nine on other sports books here. I'm getting. Oh my god, bro! The Chiefs are. Oh my god. Well, I wouldn't call it accurate, but you know. I mean, not accurate, but this is what I this is what we've got. No, oh, yeah. Good lord. Yeah, I mean, th- here's what you need to know, okay? Defending Super Bowl champs versus a team that has been terrible for decades and <laughs> has a backup a quarterback. And might I add, uh, the Chiefs also have the power of the Swifties on their side, as yes. well as as well as Mama Kelsey. Um, you know, those are two very powerful women. So, uh, yeah. Um, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but every Travis Kelsey prop. Alright, Brandon, give me your two games. So, re- remind me real quick why we can't pick Dolphins-Bills. That's a 1 o'clock game. Uh, we can't pick it because Jim Nance and Phil Sims are doing that game. That is, or Jim Nance and Tony Romo are doing that. It's game. a national game. That is the national that's game. That's weird. Bro. That's weird. One o'clock though. Yeah, that's that's a, weird. That's the number one CBS game this week. 
Uh, I guess I guess there's no 4:30 game for them. Be. Uh, do you want me to read that... out their 4:30 games so you can pick yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah. Their 4:30 games are. Do, 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 do. Their only 4:30 game is Raiders Chargers. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. That makes it kind of easy. I'm only picking two. I'm only picking two because my, if I pick the third one, I I couldn't because there, there's there's not. I don't see a, a good third one here. Completely fine. This is a one and we'll uh, leave it alone. Like because obviously all the primetime stuff is is at least somewhat decent, but I mean you can't if you can't pick it, you can't pick it. Um, good lord, I. You know what? And I don't think we talked about it. You know what I'm feeling, even though it, it doesn't seem like it's good on the surface. Uh, Steelers Texans. I want to see and, Stroud against that defense. I was thinking the exact ex- same thing. Exactly. See Stroud against that defense. You know they're getting hot. Uh, you know they just they just whooped the Jaguars. Uh, you know Tank Tank Dell doing what he's doing. Uh, CJ Stroud's getting more comfortable. They got they still have a bunch of veterans on that team. People forget that. Uh, you know, it, you know, when it comes to you know coaches, I mean, D'Amico Ryan's. People forget he was a former Texan. Um, but also just yep. uh, he he gets his guys. He's like a Dan Campbell. He gets his guys to play hard for him. Um, Mike Tomlin, you know, no explanation needed. Both so both gets a great head coaching matchup. Steelers are not great offensively. Um, and Good defensive we saw, head coaching matchup too. Yeah, this is a great defense. Yeah, so there's a lot to like here. Believe it or not, you know, people might not think it, but I'm I'm liking that game a lot. Um, and you know, when you have two great defensive minds, it's who's going to be who's going to come out on top. So I like this a lot um, for multiple reasons. But that's my first one. My second one, I mean. I wanted to pick Bucks Saints, but but there's no Derek Carr, pretty much. Um, Derek Carr is confirmed out. Yeah, so so I'm not I'm not gonna watch Jameis Winston against this. I mean, Jameis Winston against his former team is interesting, but barf. Um, but you know what? Screw it. I'll be the homer. I'll pick Commanders Eagles. Um, because nothing wrong with it. I mean, hey, Commanders are two and one. Uh, you know, I mean, besides the that bad loss against the Bills, this is now the second straight week where Sam Howell is facing a legit team. Uh, you know, first two weeks he played well, but not against great competition, but still won those games and looked good. Uh, last week didn't look good. So he's looking to rebound. I mean, John Dodson is there. Curtis Samuel is there. Um, I mean, their health fluctuates so much though, but still, it's still, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin. Um. You know, they still have a good defense. People forget that just because the Bills hung 37 on them. It's again, it's the Bills. The Bills do that to a lot of teams. Um, you know, so that that doesn't surprise me. So they yeah, still have a decent defense. Uh, you know, and like like Shane was saying, like I know very well, those games are always tight. You know, Philly. You know, they're three zero for a reason. They're still playing. You know, you know, B level football, maybe even C plus football, and they're still three zero. So this would be a good game to not only kick the crap out of your division opponent, but 
show them, hey, we, we finally can get our offense going because that's been a problem the first three weeks. I mean, it looked better this past week, but it still has Definitely to be better. improvement, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just that game being in Philly, thank God, uh, because I don't want to have to go into that, that I mean, that, that, that crappy dungeon of a stadium, FedEx Field. Yeah, I know, but I'm happy it's later on rather than early. Um, but uh, you know, because I want to see Jalen Hurts get here. Dumpster fire. Oh my! It's a it's a dump more. It's a it's quite literally a dump. They had a sewer pipe break in there, crap pipe <laughs> break yep. in there. Um, and also Jalen Hurts almost about got that. That's one of the greatest. And then Jalen Hurts. And then and then Jalen Hurts almost got killed in that stadium. That's right. Um, yeah. Yep. So, so, so I hate, I hate that quite literal, I mean, for lack of a better word, shit box. Um, but I mean, That's so, but, but, but Eagle, Eagles commanders is absolutely interesting to me. I mean, division game, they always play each other hard. That's a game where you're going to, you could, I mean, listen, given the recent history of the past five, 10 years, there's always a fight at those games. Um, it's always, it's, it's, it's fine. It's always between linemen too. Um, uh, I mean, you know, this would be a good game for AJ Brown to finally catch a touchdown pass in after dropping two of them this past week, uh, costing you six hundred dollars. Um, but no, no, I don't trust it because I after listen, AJ Brown caught nine passes for I think one hundred and thirty-one yards, dropped two touchdowns. So, and guess what? I told you guys. Did I tell you guys? I I told you guys how much I bet on that, right? I don't remember. How much was it? I put. I put seventy five down, oh, and I would have won six. And I would have won six seventy five. Oh, I would have won six hundred bucks, but he dropped both touchdowns, and both of them hit his hands. Jesus! So I wanted to Yikes. die. So I don't even want to bet again because this game is the, the odds are not the odds are, are way way less. I mean they're still okay. I can still get some money out of it, but it's way less. But going back to that, so yeah, Steelers Texans, great matchup to me. Uh. Eagles commanders, that's, that's, I mean, listen, if the Eagles lose that game, I mean, they shouldn't, but if they do, because given how close these teams play, that's going to make that division real interesting. So, especially if Sam Howell plays well, which I don't, that's a good test for him against a good Eagles defense. You know, this is going to be a real, real interesting game early on, you know, week four of the season. So those are, those are my two for this week. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go commanders Eagles. Before we get off the Eagles, uh, Brandon, you want to rant about Chris Sims for like 10 minutes? I've waited for this. Oh boy! Explain well, him and Nick... first to people who didn't listen to PFT Live oh. this week. So I want to rip on him and Nick Wright, but Nick Wright's just an idiot, lack of a better term. They, um, they both are. So, so I mean, you know, Nick Wright says says things like, you know, all oh, your band that's push push. I cry about it. If that was Patrick Mahomes, you'd be all over it. Also, by the way, um, I realized that speaking of Nick Wright, do you know what his quarterback mount like his quarterback mount rushmore is called? No. What is it? It's called Mahomes Mountain. Mahomes is that number. Oh my God. My God. I would love to make I would love to make the kind of money Nick Wright does and be Mahomes' butt buddy. Would love it. Um Alright, continue. But but yeah, the, the Chris Sims thing really that. But Nick Wright, Nick Wright, I just don't have to pay attention. But he still angered me because he still likes to cause controversy anyway. So he does get under my skin, which is what his job is. But anyway, Chris Sims. So he said on his own show, 
him and Mike Florio, but not, but Mike Florio, you can see in the in the clip, Mike Florio was like, like, "What the fuck are you doing, dude?" Yeah, like, whoa, you don't say that. Chris Sims, this is also talking about the touch push, said said that if he were to tell his team to defend it, he said straight out, and you can look this up. He said, and I'm not gonna quote for it, I'm gonna say you know paraphrase it, but he basically advocated for defensive lines and defense, you know, on defense to try and severely injure Jalen Hurts or try to kill him when running that play. Do anything you can to to to, to severely injure him or kill him. And we say that as fans, you know, in a game when we're and our emotions get the best of us. But that's a fan perspective. You know, we that's don't the, you actually know, we say, want guys to get we, hurt. Ex- even exactly. if we don't we like them. It, exactly. We say it in passing. But this isn't the first time that Chris Sims has not only disrespected Jalen Hurts, but straight out wanted to wish harm to him. This isn't the first time. And that's what makes me angry. Because I, I'm starting to think now there's a bigger problem here with Chris Sims. And because if you look at his quarterback list, when he made the quarterback list of like, what was it, like, 50 quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh my god, when he, he put, does that, it's always the most garbage list. I never pay attention to it. I'm like, it's interesting, and, and, but it's the most worthless list ever created. And listen, I don't I don't care about politics. I I am like you know, I, I know where I stand. Everybody knows where I stand, but the guy does never puts a black quarterback in the top 10. And I'm like, well, Jalen Hurts is in the top 5 the very least. And he had him at like yeah. he had him in like the 20s or 30s or wherever it was. What? So, about that. yeah, so, so this isn't the fr- like, and Chris Sims has said it like even last year, he was crapping all over Jalen Hurts. Like at this point, I'm thinking the guy's racist because, because it, there's no reason for you to be just this downright spiteful and hateful to, to a, a, a not just a black, but not just a black quarterback, quarterback in general. I, like it doesn't matter. I just like, think the idea of someone going on national TV and again, like as fans or whatever, even us doing the show, like we will say the killing thing in passing, but we also just like, we don't want like, like, look, I don't think anyone here really likes Aaron Rodgers, but we fucking hated when he got hurt. Oh that yeah. Fucking sucked. Oh yeah. It just, I was like, oh, I love Aaron no. Rodgers. Yeah. Like, you know, after, you know, after, you know, after the, after the fun time we shared in the elevator, it was great. <laughs> Which I think you've shared on this pod before. Over the past but, weeks, but like, probably. Yeah. like, like you know what? It's just like it's it's not the like I could see if Chris Sims slipped up and apologized for it, and it was crazy. Is he tried to backtrack on it, but backtrack in a way that made him seem like he was doubling down, just in a way. Yeah, he and it's like Florio was like, whoa, 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 and then Chris Sims like, whoa, 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 it's like, like, okay, bro, yeah, like, bro. like, like if if like Mike Florio caught that immediately, so so it's like and it's crazy because like. Chris Sims didn't just say, oh, like, you know, just, you know, try to injure him or whatever, you know, ha, 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 you know, but no, not really. Like, no, he said it, and then said he tried to kill him, and he said it deadpan, straight-faced. Like, that's amazing to me. Like, and, like, like, of course I'm going to care more because it's my quarterback and it's my team, but, I mean, you know, he doesn't say that about Patrick Mahomes. Like, if he said that about Patrick Mahomes, can you imagine the media outrage with that? Oh, my God, he gets fired. Yeah, but yet no one, you know, no one, no one, no one talked about him saying it. He just said about Jalen Hurts, who's a top five quarterback. I mean, or at least top ten for this season so far. But overall, top five quarterback. You know, like 
and yet you don't hear the outrage about that. Although if you go to his recent uh, social media posts, I think it's on, it's, uh, on his Instagram or something like that, there's everybody calling for his head in the comments. Um, yeah. But but almost rightfully so. You just don't say that on the air. That you got to know better. But then, but like, like I was saying to you guys, and I'm not afraid to throw shots. Fight me, Chris. You know what? You, you know. You're saying it uh, on this podcast. Fight me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know, it must be nice to I be. Uh, see that. You know, must be nice to be to be the uh, the failed son of a decent quarterback who could never hack it in the NFL. Um, you know, and to be able to get handed be handed your job. And you know nothing about football because you couldn't even spit out a play that John Gruden was giving you in practice. Um, you know, must be must be nice to be an absolute failed quarterback, but still be able to be on national, you know, TV and on the media, still talking about how much you know about football when you don't know a damn thing. So, you know, that's my rant about him. But you just, but I mean, it, it hits a soft spot because it's my quarterback. But even if you said it about any quarterback, it still doesn't make it right. That's that's so wrong. It's gross. Shane, your thoughts yeah. on his comments? Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know, like to to Brandon's point, you know, like for instance, I'm you know, I'm a Seahawks fan, but um, you know, and I don't, so therefore, I don't care for. Naturally, I don't really care for the Rams or the Niners or the Cardinals, you know. But, and, you know, I said my thing about how Kyler annoys me earlier today. But even then, like, if he were to say that about Kyler, like, oh, he's injury prone, just, you know, injure him, kill him, whatever, I'd be like, whoa, no, no, no. You don't, you don't do that. Because at the end of the day, this is, this is a game. Right, and these guys are being paid a lot of money to do to play this game not only well, but to play it respectfully, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's even though there's these rivalries, what do players do at the end of the game? They come together, they greet each other, they say, Hey, good game, man, you know. Good game, stay they, healthy. How many quarterbacks say that? Yeah. Good game, stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't because because like I said at the, at the end of the day it's a game they they all just want to stay healthy and play as good as they can you know and that and yeah like I don't care I don't care who the player is I I don't wish them to be injured or uh or killed for that matter you know it's it's terrible um you know and it, it it makes the sport worse ultimately um but um yeah that's i don't know it's uh it's kind of a strange why he felt he could say that to begin with uh, on national kind of tv me. on one of the biggest football shows right. in america and by the way, it's I think it's the biggest football show, American football show in England, minus NFL Red Zone. Just saying that. So yeah. not only not only in the U.S. but worldwide too. It's like mm-hmm. I don't understand yep. the point of saying that uh, on national TV. Yeah, me neither. But I don't know. Uh, you know, but like I was saying to uh, you guys earlier in the week in our in our group chat, I was. I was like, you know, if uh, 
His dad weren't Chris Sim or weren't uh, Phil Sims. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris would probably be like some mid-level real estate agent or something. Um, you know, he he wouldn't be a wouldn't have made it to the NFL with his talent. Um, you know, he probably only made it because because his dad. And so I was like, oh yeah, here uh, I'll get you into this college or into this program or this team, whatever. Oh oh, Phil, yeah, your son. Yeah yeah, come on. We know how that goes. Come on, little Chrissy. Um, yeah, and you know, once he got into it, they realized he was crap and cut him. But um, he had a five-year NFL career. Yeah, that's well, longer than five most years. Guys. Too long. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah. Other than that, I think Brennan pretty much got it all. Yeah, I, yeah. I could be so much, I could be so, I could be a lot worse, you know, like, but my God, because it's, like I said, it's not the first time that Chris Timms has talked crap about my team or my quarterback. So it's, it's, it's gotten to a point where I just like, every time I see him come up on my feet, I want to just try to, I want to grab him through the screen and just shake him violently and be like, can you stop? You know, like, like, please, like, I would say worse, but I would get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um, I'm just here to talk about a dumb comment and not get fined. But but like it's it's just so hard for me to hold my tongue when I hear him speak because I'm like, there's no way you can be this dumb, man. Like please, like it's like, are you saying it for clicks or do you like? And it's like crazy because I don't think he's saying it for clicks. I think he genuinely believes these things because he's doubling down on them. Like you always see guys like backtrack in the media, like on ESPN or like Nick Wright. Sometimes even though he he's right up there with him, you know he'll he'll still you know. Very rarely, but he'll admit when he's wrong. Chris Sims will double down and triple down and quadruple down until the day he dies, and he'll die on a hill just to make a point that's completely wrong. So, like, like I said, it's not the first time he's he's just bashed my quarterback and my team. But you know, if it was anybody else, I'd still have the same reaction. It's still not right. Still doesn't make it, yeah. you know, any any easier to hear. You know that you know you don't you just don't you don't do that to a player. You don't wish they death on a player you don't you know you don't sit there and even wish injuries on a player you know injuries are a part of the game they happen but you don't sit there and pray for it like what kind of cycle do you have to be to actually do that right like so it's it's just it's it's just so wrong in more ways than one uh yeah so commander's eagles is definitely my number one game for the reasons you guys mentioned uh shoot number two uh yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Bengals Titans. Um, I I'm I'm on right. I'm on mail watch right now. I'm on I'm on uh, <laughs> I'm on mail watch. Uh, it's Will Levis and well, yeah, Will Levis. I'm I'm on mail Will Levis watch right now. I think it's time. Although Malik Willis did play, I think a fair bit late in a few games this year, from what I remember. Uh, so maybe Malik Willis, who I think I'd rather see than Will Levis at this time, but I beg to differ. Uh, and just want to see what the Bengals are doing with Joe Burrow. Are they going to start him? Jamar Chase had a great game, great comeback game. Can he can can he get back to being consistent that he hasn't been in the first month? Uh, that's definitely uh, my second pick. Uh, Brandon, would you care to explain to Shane the history behind the Pie Cookies game of the week? Before yeah, I give so... our overall pick because we actually have an overall pick. For Pockey's game of the week, because there's no other yeah. game worth us time. Yeah. Up. But give Shane the overall history of so, Pockey's game of the week. So 
it started out as a joke, and I mean, Shane, you were here, you were you were here on well, you were with with us on relevant. So it started out as a joke on our No Fly Zone podcast. Uh, you know, me, yeah, <laughs> and somehow somehow it still it still has you know found a way to come back on this show, you know, multiple times, and it's become actually a staple of the show now. It's a, but it's a, it's a Thursday, um, it's a weekly Thursday segment. So it's. Uh, it basically started, I, I forget, well, it, but it was around Christmas time. And it was actually on like a week before Christmas, I think. It was, it, yeah, it was close. It, it was in December, that's what I remember. Um, it, December to remember for different reasons. Um, but uh, basically, when it comes to games like that, we said, oh, like we were talking about, because it, it was around Christmas time, so we're like, oh, yeah, you know, cookies and milk, you know, there, there was going to be a, you know, oh, Santa, Santa, can't wait to come down the chimney and, you know, see all these. Or like you know, we're gonna be watching the games as Santa comes down the chimney and all that stuff, like all your Christmas time games and all that stuff. But we're like, oh, well, this game looks like crap. We're like, wait a minute, you know, this is so you can imagine pot cookies, you know, putting you to the game so bad it puts you to sleep. So, or you know, it's just it's just a terrible it's a terrible game all the way around. So it became a joke around that time. But we were like, no, you know what? That's actually a funny segment because it's actually it actually and it's it's clearly stuck. So, um. That became a thing on that show, and now we've brought it here. Um, so yeah, it's just basically just any game uh, th- throughout the weeks where it's so bad you're basically falling asleep. It's like it makes you it makes you think you're eating pot cookies, and you just you know you want to just forget about the game and just go to bed or stuff like that. So okay, yeah. that's basically it. What are your thoughts on that concept, Shane? I mean, that's pretty much you know what I expected the origin to roughly be something you know something weird like that oh and i was sense. the one who said pot cookies by the way because i said yeah it was, it was rob's term and that sounds like something you would say uh oh, remember... I, I think i think i said something along the lines of like oh i can't wait to be eating cookies and milk during this game because it was like oh because it was around christmas time and then you're like oh yeah well it's boring so pot cookies Something like that. It was something funny. Like that was some off the cuff thing that you interjected with, and it was, it made it it made that show better at that time. Um, normally on a Thursday we would pick the Pockets game of the week. I'm I I'm vetoing it. I'm not allowing it. The Pockets game of the week is Broncos Bears. This is Pockets <laughs> game of the season. Uh, yeah. This yeah. game is atrocious. Yeah. Ugh. Vikings Panthers won't be great either. Vikings Panthers was my number two, but I have never oh, seen the media. This is... I have never seen the media lampoon, or I don't think national lampoon. I guess uh, I've never seen the media like completely dismiss a game and say like, if you bet on this, you're an idiot. Like, don't even watch this shit. Yeah, there, there's literally something here that says uh, I don't know if it's from an actual reputable site. But it says this could be Justin Fields' last chance versus the Broncos. Like that's that's already a damning statement. Um, oh my god! Defense but, but, in the NFL yeah. so far. Uh, then there's another there's another one from Yard Barker that says Insider reveals Russell Wilson could have been somebody else's problem. Um, Broncos yep, this is it. to the ground. Let's ride into some pot because this game's terrible. Here we go. Here. Here we go with ESPN. Broncos Bears, a survival test for both winless teams. Uh, my God. Watch, they end up tying. Oh, oh here we go. 
And here, that's, now, the first, that's the first time I would enjoy a tie. So, so someone said, why can't they just be 0-4 and be done with it? Both have them somehow forfeit the game. <laughs> just give them both L's. <laughs> uh, this is, here's a good one. This is from the Athletic. Bears QB Justin Fields needs to show something. Anything against the bad Broncos defense. That's actually that's actually the title of the article. Wow. Um oh here we go. When those Broncos put historic loss in rear view as they prepare for basement brawl with Bears. <laughs> it doesn't get any worse than that. Yeah, this is definitely the worst game of the week. This is probably the worst game of the season. Uh I don't think I have much else to say other than that. Um our pick that we were gonna do the next time we hopped on the podcast for our post credit scene. And we're doing it on a special Thursday edition. Uh, we're going to do it, obviously, in honor of the Steelers. Uh, and, of course, Tom Hanks, we're doing Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. As always, Shane, give us your thoughts and your feelings on the film and why you chose this one for us over the past two weeks to watch. Well, you know, I suggested this one because I saw it for my first time in April of 2020 in the in the heat of the pandemic when my days consisted of uh going for a walk in the morning uh driving to a park i'd never been to with my sister and and then watching a movie because there was nothing else to do and um it was a much simpler time in life. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. But anyways. <clears throat> now, so, I just remember when I watched this, I felt, um, yeah, this is, this came out in 2019. And of the movies from that year that I've seen, I don't think it's the best, but it is my favorite. Um, I mean, there is a difference there. You know, there there are some, like, uh, for instance, 1917, I think, is a much better production quality, um, you know, in terms of how it was made, um, you know, just the way that they made it look like one shot through the whole thing, and just the editing skill that had to go into that, and the so on and so forth. The makeup, obviously, with war and prosthetics, and but then... You know, you have a movie like this, which is much more simple um, in terms of its production, but it tells a, in my opinion, a very important story. Um, you know, it's not it's not necessarily about Mister Rogers. It's more about um, this guy who is writing an article about him. And um, this guy is very pes- pessimistic. Um, he's, you know, he's not happy, <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, you know, he's just grumpy, gets in fights with his family, so on and so forth. And he goes and does this article thinking, yeah, this guy's totally a sham. He's There's no way he's like this, but... He discovers that he is like this and, you know, that kindness and um, respect are not just 
phony things, but these are these are behaviors and attitudes that you can actually have, um, which sounds you know that sounds really surface level. Um, and it's like, yeah, of course, but then you stop and think it's like, you know, there are a lot of times in our lives when we just instantly resort to anger, even if it's not outwardly, even if it's just for ourselves, um, or frustration or whatever, when you really don't have to, you know, and this, this was a film that really showed me that it's like, you know, you'll get yourself a lot farther in life by being kind than, you know, just by being a jerk and constantly having negative thoughts. And, um, you know, Tom Hanks, as you guys said, was fantastic as Mr. Rogers. Um, he looks just like him. And funny enough, they're he got DNA tested and they're like third cousins, I think. Um, oh my God. Really? So that, yeah. Oh my which God. is funny. Which wow. he didn't, he didn't know that until after the movie. Um, Perfect but it explains casting. a lot. Perfect casting. Yes. Yes. And you know, some people were saying, no, he doesn't really sound like him. And no, he doesn't, but he, he totally, in my opinion, he totally nailed his, mannerisms uh his speech pattern not necessarily the tone of his voice but just like um you know the way he phrased things and um and his body language his facial expressions especially um and just his overall he just had such a soft approachable demeanor and i i felt he really captured that um and uh yeah anyways you guys go ahead <laughs> yeah brandon go first um on uh mr rogers neighborhood you know what else is stupid before i get into that i'm actually also related to abraham lincoln yeah that's true who <laughs> related to abe lincoln mr rogers no tom hanks oh tom hanks oh, i was like <laughs> okay damn okay. yeah okay yeah, so he's got a lot of bloodlines everywhere. But um no, but this this movie, uh I don't it's funny. I I didn't cry, but this was the first time where I could feel the like tears welling up in my eyes watching yeah. it because it was just it was so well done. Like I I mean the casting was perfect to me. I don't think anybody else but Tom Hanks could play Mr. Rogers. Um I it's crazy. Uh What's his name? Matt Reese, the Welsh, the guy that played uh, Lloyd. Amazing um, casting, incredible. He he said before the movie, uh, when he signed on to it, he had no idea who Mister Rogers even was. Um, so I mean, I get it because he's from a different, yeah, it's a different country and stuff like that. But still, even he, I mean, Mister Rogers was a, still a cultural icon. Um, so I found that kind of intriguing. But I mean, the entire cast was great. Uh, the performances were just believable. Like I, I found myself like throughout the movie, I was like, I, I, like you could forget that they were acting. It was so well done. Um, uh, and there are certain there are certain little things I like. I, like I like how if you kind of pay attention, 
And I mean, well, it's not pay attention. There's certain scenes where they make it obvious. But if you pay attention to like how the storyline is kind of going, it plays out like an episode from the from the from the, the TV series. Mm-hmm. So it, it plays out almost like a children's episode. They introduce a a you know, you see Mr. Rogers comes in, sings his song, introduces a a struggling character or you know, and, and uh, you know, starts to teach a life lesson. It builds and builds and builds and builds to an end where it gets to a happy conclusion. And then he walks off the set. Yeah, you know, at the very end. Um, so it kind of plays out like an episode. Um and of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, I should say. Um and I mean, I like how it was shot. I think it was, it was weird. I didn't catch how like the one scene that kind of went I had to kind of rewatch it to understand what happened was the uh hospital scene when he leaves. Oh, that took me to- out and then I understood it. Yeah. I understood it. I had to watch it. Like I had to keep rewinding it about three or four times to actually understand what was happening. So that took a minute, but that was well shot. If you think about it, like that to have it shot that way, it was actually pretty interesting. Uh, uh, you know, what's funny. One scene I liked when they're, uh, I, I'm sure you guys caught this cause it was noticeable, but when they're doing the one minute exercise, right. Did you notice how Tom Hanks kind of breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera? Mm-hmm. Uh, the main thing I noticed yeah. was that everyone did it at the same time. Yeah, but I if you it. actually look, if you actually look, Tom Hanks, well, in his Fred Rogers character, stops looking at Lloyd and looks at the camera. So it's almost like imploring you to do the same thing too. Interesting. Almost like, and then okay. I did. So, so <laughs> uh, I noticed it right away. I was like, "Wow, that's actually kind of weird." A little creepy, but weird. Um, but I liked that. I liked how strong that that scene was. Um, I mean, just every everything was so well done. Like the the drama, it, it was heavy, but not to the point where you're like where you're just upset by it. More of just like, you know, you can feel the emotional impact of everything that happened. Um, you know, obviously being there at a happy conclusion. Um. And I like kind of a little a little thing at the end where, I mean, I'm sure people have seen it. I guess, we're, are we doing spoilers, I guess? Yes. Well, we're I mean, it's not we're much allowed to do spoilers on this segment. It's, it's not much of a spoiler because it, it's kind of obvious. But remember how when he says to him in the hotel room that, like, you know, when you're frustrated, it's like, the, you know, the keys of a piano and you go like, dun, 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 thing like that, right? Yes. And he ends up doing that at the end of the movie. So it also kind of shows that even Mr. Rogers himself is human. Yes, right. and that was the uh, one scene where it's like, oh no, he's he has emotions. And he has yeah. these real raw things that he was trying to explain to him in his own way. Yeah, it's funny because in a way, in in a way, as Lloyd was running from his feelings, it also kind of stunted how Mr. Rogers was trying to get it out, how Tom Hanks playing him was trying to get it out to him, but every time he kept trying to dig into it, he would leave. Lloyd would leave and avoid the subject. So in their own kind of way, they both had things that they wanted to talk about, just they couldn't get it out. Whereas, but the thing is, Lloyd's direction was, I'm going to just sulk in it. Mr. Rogers was like, oh, I'm just going to let it go and continue my happy way. So it was completely two different paths, but almost the same feeling. And you just you just never saw it out of out of Tom Hanks and the Mr. Rogers character. Um, well, Mr. Rogers is a real person, but still, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, 
And then to show at that end, to have that frustration when he plays that piano, it was like, it was like, it was like, oh, he is human. You know, he does feel these things too, even though it's, you know, it always seems like always oh, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Happy, go lucky, you know, and Tom Hanks played him that way. But you can also see the moments too, where like where it cracked, like when he's playing the, uh, with the hand puppet. Oh and my Lloyd God, notices, yes, my favorite. And, and Lloyd notices that he doesn't look happy. I mean, he's reciting lines, but he doesn't look happy. And it's like, he, he's feeling, you know, similar emotions too. He's feeling frustrated so, that he's not getting out of him. And he's using the puppet as a way to express that. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really, really cool to see that because there is moments, if you pay, if you pay attention, where you can see the frustration does come through in Mr. Rogers, despite him making everybody else happy and teaching life lessons and all this stuff. You know, he feels just like everybody else does. And it's crazy because remember when Lloyd says to his wife, like, he's like, oh, like, how does it feel to be married to a saint? And it's like, oh, you know, don't don't call him that. He's a normal person. You know, like it's and then to really see it in those scenes, you're like, yeah, he is a normal person because people always in, in, in our society in, in the U.S., people always held Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers on a, on a high pedestal. Because he, he, the way he was on the show was who he was in real life. There was no, it was what you see was what you got with him. Um, but that whole, but the whole movie, I just, I love how it was shot. I loved just the, the, they, they did it so well. Like most drama movies, like I said, they play too heavy with emotions, or they, or they don't do it enough. This one was perfect, the way they did it. Um. Uh, the acting was great once again, um, you know, and just those little things stand out to me. Just that—that's what makes it a good movie. When you have all those little moments that people might not catch on first watch, but when you think about it, you're like, "Oh wow," it makes it seem even better than when you were watching it in that moment. Um, but there were so many. Just I'm, I'm probably even forgetting scenes that I watched it like three years ago. Even though it's should be fresh in my mind, it's not. I had so many other things going on, but. Um, there's not like that, that, that. I like that better than Whiplash. I told you guys that in the group chat, but I still like that better than Whiplash. Um, yeah, I just love emotional movies like that, so I'm with you. Yeah. Like, more yeah, so I like that. that level of emotion, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's always, it's always great, you know. But, and of course, I, I had some emotional things to it, obviously tying it to my own personal experience. Like, my, my dad wasn't like his father, like, like, like Lloyd's father movie. My dad was, you know, a good father. But just the fact of like losing him, and you see all the emotions through that, and all that stuff. So that's where I felt it towards the end of that movie, um, you know. And then of course the 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 uh, kind of dream, the dream scene where he sees his mother in the hospital bed. Um, but that was a great scene. That was acted really well. Um, that also reminded me too of when I would see my dad in the hospital when things like that happened. Um, but. Yeah, I that movie was so good. Um, like, I'm not gonna give perfect perfect ratings every week, but to me that movie is like an eight and a half or nine out of ten. Yeah, it's for a, me. It's a ninety-five on Rotten Tomatoes. I ended up giving it a ninety-five out of a hundred as well. Um, yeah, for sure. I I so you guys are gonna laugh at this, but when. When I was, when, when, Shane, when you messaged, because I think I was at work, uh, when you messaged, like, oh, we're going to do Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I'm all kind of excited because I've never seen the film. And I just start singing 
in uh, in the back room like it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood am i yeah. am i flipping my coworkers like what the fuck are you doing i'm like i don't know like i'm excited to watch this movie like i don't know <laughs> so then when he started singing it at the yeah. beginning i was like oh i was like singing along or whatever and um that's how i that that's kind of my only exposure to mr rogers was that song the beginning of that song um but um so i didn't have much exposure of, of Mitch, mr rogers as a kid uh, but I, I, I think the fair part was I was like, I started the movie and I texted you guys and I was like, oh my God, I'm all happy singing the song. This is awesome. And then immediately you see Lloyd with the most blank face and you're just like, I'm immediately depressed. Yeah. I went from being like the happiest, most melted hearted person to I, I'm dead. And every time the juxtaposition of Mr. Rogers and Lloyd, even when Mr. Rogers is frustrated, as you mentioned, Brandon, like I felt so happy whenever Mr. Rogers said a line and so sad when Lloyd said a line until the end. Yeah. And and I just love that. I love that juxtaposition. And I also found it super interesting. And, and I think Shane, you can comment on this in writing movies because this was something I wanted to ask you is why do you think it was valuable for the beginning of the movie, you don't really know why he's mad at his father till about, I don't know, maybe the second, late second act, early third act. What, from a writing and from a writing and just general film standpoint, why do you think they chose to do that? Because I found it to be really fascinating. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's when a general rule of thumb in writing is. Um, a lot of times you want to show what a character is thinking or feeling um, just on the surface, like at the start, you know, just to get the plot going. And then as things unfold, then as you get deep into the story, you learn more about the character, then you get the answer you're looking for. Because it's that way it builds tension and it's it builds mystery you know you get even if it's only a little bit of a mystery because you you keep going and thinking huh okay well you know why why is this guy so cynical why does he hit you know and then you get invested then once you finally get the answer it's feels a lot more satisfying as opposed to just being spoon-fed right from the beginning all the stuff you know um yeah, and I think that's and the explanation for that sure. idea. Yeah, and that idea is known as mystery boxes. J.J. Uh, Abrams described it uh, when he was talking about Star Wars New Hope, and I won't go into detail about it because I know you haven't seen that, Robert. But um... I, I have. I finished it. It's a great film. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah... Um... Well, spoilers for A New Hope if you're one of the other five people who haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> he, J.J. Abrams was talking about it because he's like, yeah, so, you know, it's a mystery box. You have this droid. Okay, it's got the plans. Okay, now it's, uh, well, what are the plans? I don't know. Okay, well, um, who's Princess Leia? Oh, it's that girl. Okay. Well, who's Obi-Wan Kenobi? Oh, Ben, maybe? Okay. Then you meet this guy. Oh, it is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, and then, you know, it's just like, 
you know, questions that are always set up. And and then they get answered later on as it goes along, just slowly. Just slowly unboxing different boxes throughout. Um, but yeah, I, I like that you made the comment about how it is structured like a Mr. Rogers episode where he, you know, opens the picture frame and he's like, this is Lloyd. And uh, he's having, you know... He's having trouble forgiving someone, and um, and then it all comes full circle. And um, you know, I did I did think it was interesting how he um, how he did that with the keys at the end on the piano over there, because um, some people don't know this, but in real life around that time, he. Uh, began suffering from stomach cancer. Oh yeah, that's right. And so, and so him holding his back—I don't know if you noticed that—but oh, yeah, he was holding that. his back yeah. as he was walking over. That's what that was, because a lot of times, you know, stomach cancer—you feel it just everywhere in that area, front, back, side—and so, um, so that's what that—that's what that was. And then, uh, unfortunately, he died like two or three years after that movie happened uh, or when it took place. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, which is crazy. But um, I think my favorite scene though, in the movie was uh, when they were in the living room with his dad. Um, and then uh, Mr. Rogers shows up. And he had the pie and, you know, there, that to me was when you really saw Lloyd transformed uh, because instead of, you know, trying to shut him down and just sitting there with a blank face, he's, he's smiling and he's like, you know, this is um, not ideal that my dad is dying, even though we've had a rocky relationship. But, um, but you know, I'm I'm grateful to have all this family and you know whatever whatever the thoughts are. Um, and then the thing that he the thing that he says when, um. He's like, well, you know, the dad, he's I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, well, I'll probably be dead by then. Or, you know, everyone gets really uncomfortable and quiet. And, and then Mr. Rogers drops an absolute gem, um, you know, about how death makes us uncomfortable. But, it, you know, and he goes on his whole spiel about it. And yeah, you can just feel the the mood lighten after he says that, even though they're still sad and worried um you know it's like okay you know we'll, we'll be all right um and then you know to end it all he mr rogers says okay well you know i'm gonna gonna go thank you so much for having me or whatever and then um instead of lloyd running away the whole time or you know trying to ignore him he says i'll walk you out which yeah was just a I mean, it's it's a really small thing, 
But to me, it just shows how far he came because he would have never have done that for anybody, you know. And now he's like, yeah, walk out, come on. And then they go out. Um, he's like, yeah, good to see you. Thanks for coming, you know. Um, yeah, and it's just, I think on a deeper note, every, you know, since I saw that movie, it's like, I've I've looked at every day as a gift, you know, and um, because that's what Mr. Rogers would have done and um, or did, I guess. <clears throat> and so I think that's what the film meant to me and why I wanted to. Why I wanted to look at it for us. Uh, what are you thinking uh, for next week, Shane? Ooh. Or I guess this week, depending on when we record. <laughs> um, well, let's see. What's Sunday Night Football? Oh, yeah, Jets. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, you know. Jeez, well, since it's Chiefs, um, I'll be watching the movie during that game anyway. Yeah, that's kind of hard. Since it's, since it's Chiefs, um, we might record before the game. I'm being honest. Do we? Yeah, we could. Um, we have no reason to cover Sunday Night Football this week. Here's, okay, here's what I, here's what I'm thinking. We got there's two that are coming to my mind right now. Uh, Stillwater or. The place beyond the pines. Oh my god! I watched the water. I'll watch it again happily. It's a great film. Uh, Brandon, your pick. Have you Which seen either of those? Watch? Oh my god! They're both uh, picks. Have, I seen have you seen either one yet? Oh my god! Um. Oh well. I mean, well, wouldn't it wouldn't it make it easier if we did the place beyond the pines first, or because like just so we could keep with the idea of having to react to a movie that we all well, since that me and you Rob haven't seen yet. Yeah, because we haven't. I you haven't seen it either, have you? No. Okay. Yeah. Then we should do place beyond the pines. Yeah. And besides that, I mean, they're both crime movies. I know that, but still, one uh, fabulous. Okay. That's a yeah, movie. they're kind of crime movies. I've just realized the place, now... the place Beyond the Pines is interesting because I don't. I'm not going to get into spoilers, but I. It's a movie that I like, but it has a very unique story structure that not everybody loves. So I'm curious what you guys will think of it, um, because it's, you know, it's a modern day sort of like crime drama but it's structured almost like a shakespeare story which sounds bizarre but it's gonna be an interesting but watch but you'll see what i mean um yeah yeah all so right I, we'll do place bound the pines this week uh thank you shane Salad. thank you brandon for for joining us uh on a thursday afternoon or a thursday night or i guess a wednesday morning in in brandon's neck of the woods here um thank you guys and uh we'll probably see you sunday probably if we do record on sunday 
my guesses after the 425 games. I don't think we want to record <laughs> during Sunday night. I really don't think we want to do it. I, I yeah, certainly have don't. To, have to cover the, yeah, have to cover that slog of a Jets-Chiefs game. Whoa. I don't think I want to. I don't think we're interested because the only thing I'd be talking about is Taylor Swift, and I don't know how many weeks <laughs> we need to do that. Yeah, we don't need any more of that. Uh, well, no, we can talk about the real Kelsey Swift, and that's in Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see you all very shortly, potentially here in a few days. And uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon. And thank you for everyone who uh, listened to our full podcast for another week. All right. Yes, Take sir. Easy, good.